Tempted and tried, we're all made to wonder why it should be thus all the day long. Verses in that song we, we mentioned, toils of the road will then seem as nothing. We sing songs like, in, in heavenly armor will enter the land. The battle belongs to the Lord. We sing songs like, revive us again about how we are to handle ourselves in this world, about how we are to respond to things that go on around us, and how we sometimes need a little bit of advice in how we spiritually, after we have woke up, to handle ourselves. How we ought to respond to things going on around us. You know, I, I'm not going to preach the same lesson that we went over last third Sunday, but... The things that we talked about last third Sunday when I was up here is still happening. Those things are still going on. Things in the world are even getting worse. And I'm seeing Christians divided over something as, to me, it's simple as a syrup bottle. Christians are arguing, are fighting each other over... The, what a label on a breakfast condiment means. I, and, I'm, and I'm puzzled by that. I'm bothered by that. And how even not just that, but still those things that are ongoing, Christians are arguing and fighting against each other on how we should even respond to the things that are going on in the world right now. And it bothers me. It, it, it bothers me a little bit because I fear that a vast portion of us, not the majority I wouldn't say, but at least a vast portion of people who claim Christianity have forgotten the very key elements of Christianity. In a sense that we have forgotten in some places, in some ways, that God is still in control. We think when things are going on in our lives that, that we put our hands to it, that we can fix it ourselves, or, or we can elect men or women to fix our problem, or we can put people in the streets to correct the problem. The problem is, we as a people have stopped putting this in our hearts. The problem is, we're looking at everything else for answers as opposed to the source where we should be getting our answers. That's a problem. And Christians are doing the same thing the rest of the world are doing. And it bothers me. I want to remind you of a few things. The three, the three major points come out of the book of Hebrews tonight. And if you have your Bibles with you, turn to Hebrews chapter 10. In Hebrews chapter 10, we find uh, the writer here gives us a few verses. Now, I understand in verse 25, we always harp on the not forsaking the assembly. I don't say that to be mean-spirited. I, I say that in jest in some ways, because we, that's the verse that we always point out. But in this reading, if you'll go back up to verse 22... Verse 22 of Hebrews chapter 10. Let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. 
Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. And it says, for He is faithful that promised. 1 Corinthians 10 verse 13, we also see that same phrase that we focus on about that we won't be tempted above that we are able. But it says, God is faithful. God is still in control. And God is as faithful to us and more so than we are to Him many times. But God is faithful. In verse 24, let us consider one another to provoke unto love and good works. There's no love in fighting. There's no love in bickering. There's no love in in dissension between brothers and sisters in Christ over things that we've just mentioned, over things that we as an individual cannot control. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another, encouraging one another, pushing one another forward, Pushing one another and, and encouraging and, and, and exhorting and, and, and working together. Not that we're pointing a finger, but that we're arm in arm saying, we can take this. We can overcome this. We can make something different in this world. And so much the more as you see the day approaching. God is faithful. And these things that we're seeing today... It's just like the song says, toils of the road will then seem as nothing. If we can't get along, if we can't love one another here on this earth, how in the world are we going to spend eternity together in heaven? If we can't get along with one another, if we can't understand at least to some degree where each other is coming from. I've had to learn in the last few weeks specifically that sometimes it's best for me just to close this and open this and listen. Listen to what someone's perspective is over certain things. And if, if something that I'm doing is offensive, I'm not going to keep doing it. Just like this morning. I use this as an example. We were out at Midway, and, and uh, <laughs> I'm sorry, everybody knows Maynard Ashley. And uh, Maynard is, uh, God love him, but there are some songs in the book that people sing, and boy, Maynard don't like them. You don't like them. And it's one that had a, a good bass part in it, man, upbeat. I like to sing bass in that song, love it. Love a song. But I was sitting behind him, and he sat there and was shaking his head. And I now realize this is minor, considering the degree of things that are going on in the world. But this is an example of maybe how we should handle some of those things too. I knew, because we've had many discussions about this particular song, that Maynard Ashley didn't like it. Now I could have sung bass right there behind him, and I could have sung as loud as I wanted to sing in that congregation. But I knew it bothered Maynard. So I didn't sing that song. 
Do I think the song is wrong? My opinion, no. It's metaphorically referring to something else. I understand that. But it bothered Maynard. I didn't sing it. Maybe sometimes we would do well to push aside ourselves just for a second and think of the feelings of somebody else. A Christian should do those things. Now, I'm not saying, don't get me wrong, and please don't think I'm up here talking to both sides of my mouth, okay? I'm not, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying we should bend, bend to be a doormat for everybody. That's not what I'm saying. But friends, there are some things we can control as an individual that we don't have to do. And we would do well to look at this world and say, you know what, I don't have to respond the way the rest of the world is. I don't have to argue with brothers and sisters. I don't have to debate something that's already been settled. I don't have to worry about fixing a problem that I can't fix because God is in control. Something else that we can remind ourselves. Still in the book of Hebrews, turn back to Hebrews chapter 2. Hebrews chapter 2. Beginning in verse 13. And again, I will put my trust in him. And again, behold, I and the children which God hath given me. For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same that through death he might destroy him that hath power of death, that is the devil, and deliver them from through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Verse 17, Wherefore, in all things it behooved him and made him like unto his brethren, that he might be merciful and faithful, that he might be merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to God to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For that in he himself he hath suffered being tempted. He is able to secure them that are tempted. Go over to the next chapter in verse 14. I'm sorry, chapter 4, verse 14. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that has passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as are we, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly into the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. Not only is God in control, but Jesus has experienced the turmoil emotionally that many people are experiencing right now. Rejected? Alone? Worrying about things that are around him? How often he prayed for his disciples because of the things that would befall them he knew was coming. That's why he said they're going to persecute you because they persecuted the prophets which were before me. 
Y'all are going to go through these things just because you're a Christian. Simply because you follow me, you're going to suffer. Paul wrote later on to, to uh, find joy and comfort in those persecutions. If you suffer as a Christian, be thankful for those things. And I'm like, how in the world can we do that? We have to understand that yes, God is in control, but when we pray to God, we are praying through a Jesus Christ who has experienced what we have felt. Who makes intercession for us, He knows exactly how we feel. So we're not blindly praying. And I realize some of us don't need to hear that because we're like, man, I got it. But some of us might need to be reminded of those things. That we're praying through a Jesus Christ who suffered all things as we have suffered and more so. And can make intercession to God for us. The Almighty Creator of the universe, we can address Him through His Son as Christians who understands. I wonder. I wonder sometimes in my mind as I, as I think about the world and the state that it's in, I wonder what Jesus would think about how people are today. And if we are that much different today than we were back then, I wonder sometimes how if, if, it's, if it's really, really worse or if it's the same, I wonder how much more God can take. I wonder how Jesus would respond to the things that He sees on the news today. And then I don't have to wonder very much because Jesus says how to handle those things. Love one another. Pray for one another. Not to, through an inspired word, not to, uh, not to go and do somebody bad because they've done you bad. Don't render evil for evil. Vengeance is the Lord's. How, does, how would he respond? He's already told us how to respond. So we recognize that God is in control. We recognize that Jesus understands and that last thing that we read there in Hebrews chapter 4, let us therefore come boldly unto the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in the time of need. So if we know God's in control, remember that boldly thought. If we know God's in control and we understand that Jesus has experienced the things that we've experienced and He understands where we're coming from, what should be our response to the things going on in the world today? And even those things that really, really rile us up. How, even then, how should we respond? Still in the book of Hebrews, turn to chapter 13. Read the first verse where it says to let brotherly love continue. Skip down to verse 5. Let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. 
For he hath said, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So that we may boldly say, The Lord is my helper. I will not fear what man shall do unto me. God in His divine wisdom gives us a recipe for a response to how we are to handle ourselves in times like these. And it's not just found in the book of Hebrews. It's found throughout the New Testament. It's found even in the Old Testament, how people were put in very dire circumstances, but because of their faith, God spared them. Because of their faith, God shut the lion's mouths. Because of their faith, God allowed the giant to fall. Because of their faith and obedience, God allowed the Midianites to fall. He allowed the people, yeah, He allowed the three to be thrown into the furnace and they came out not even smelling like smoke. A God that can do that can fix this. Sometimes we forget that. Sometimes we need to be reminded of that. The last thing I'll tell you is what Paul told the church of Thessalonica. In 1 Thessalonians 5, beginning in verse 12, he says, And we beseech you, brethren, to know them which labor among you and are over you in the Lord, and admonish you, and to esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake, and be at peace among yourselves. Now we exhort you, brethren, warn them that are unruly. Comfort the feeble-minded. Support the weak. Be patient toward all men. See that you love none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. And everything give thanks, for this is the will, this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit, despise not prophecies, prove all things, hold fast to that which is good, abstain from all appearance of evil, and the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. So much in the world that if we allow it to consume us, we allow it to separate us from God if we're not careful. I want to personally encourage you to not look at these happenings around us with fear and uncertainty. I want us to look at circumstances around us and remember that God is in control, that Jesus understands, and that our response can reflect the both of them if we have our heart in the right place. I try not to worry. I know it's easier said than done, but I try not to worry.
because of those points we just talked about tonight. If God can do all those things that He did in the Old Testament, He can fix this world now. It may take a little longer than we'd like, but if we don't practice patience with one another and with God, we can't understand His timing. We can't understand His reasoning. But if we trust Him, we're not worried about His timing. We're not worried about His reasoning. We don't have to understand God to trust Him because we're never going to get to that point. But we can at least love one another and hold those things in our heart when we go out into the world. Tonight, I ask you, where is your heart? Is it with God? Fully trusting in His grace this hour? They're talking about songs at the beginning. Are you fully involved in His will, having been obedient to His Word? We understand, I don't think there's anyone in here who hasn't heard the plan of salvation. We understand that obedience to that plan, that first step is being immersed in the waters of baptism where we are immersed, buried with Him in the likeness of His death, rise to walk in units of life, and to where we take that step into Christianity through the blood of Christ touching us through our obedience. We are washed, we are sanctified, we are brought up clean. And if we choose to remain that way, we can. But if we've done those things, and maybe we have forgotten to do our part. Maybe our heart has went away from God. Maybe we have strayed back into the world from whence we came. You can ask for the prayers of those that are faithful, and you can be restored. Whichever situation you may be in tonight, we ask that you'll make it known while we stand and while we sing.